0: We hear in our gospel reading today, just proclaimed by Father Mike, that God so loved the world that he sent his only son to save us. So God the Father sent his son. And we know from the scriptures that it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that the son comes into our world. Three persons, one God. Trinity Sunday, and the Trinity is a mystery to us. So what I going to try to do today is talk a little bit about what mystery is and talk about Trinity as mystery. I'd like to give you an image of the Trinity that I think can help us, not so much as an analogy, because all analogies fail, but help us to understand something about the Trinity as mystery. And that it's okay for us not to solve the Trinity. But to be in a relationship with the triune God who is mystery to us. And how even that mystery, even though we don't know God fully in this realm, that we can know him personally. And what that looks like for us. And how to live that. So mystery. Mystery. Sometimes Christians use the word mystery to describe certain aspects of their faith. God coming to us as a human being in the Incarnation is a mystery, for instance. When Christians use the term mystery, they don't mean it it, in the Sherlock Holmes sense of the word, as in a puzzle to be solved or a secret to be discovered. A mystery is a truth about God that is beyond us one in which human reason will only take us so far and then we could never really grasp without God revealing himself to us. The the trinity, the trinity is a mystery. In the sense of this word, like all mysteries of our faith, there is no perfect analogy for the Trinity. No perfect way to represent humanly how God is one single God and at the same time three distinct persons. For example, sometimes people will compare the Trinity to an egg, which is a single thing, yet it has three parts, a shell, a yolk, and a white. This analogy fails, however, in that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are not just three parts of one God, they are three distinct persons. Another example, sometimes people use the analogy of water, H2O, which is one single substance but can appear in three distinct forms, ice, liquid, and steam. This analogy also fails. In that the same water cannot be ice, liquid, and steam all at the same time. Whereas the three persons in the Trinity are not just three parts, different parts of the same God, but three distinct persons existing at the same time. All analogies are bound to fail, but there is a way to imagine how something could be both three distinct things and at the same time, one single thing. When I was praying with the scriptures and with this Sunday, Trinity Sunday, I, I came across something that I read, and it's, it's an image. So here it is. Imagine a world that only exists in two dimensions. We, we exist in three dimensions. There are forwards and backwards, left and right, but there is no up and down and everything in between. The inhabitants of this world are flat, two-dimensional beings. They have no knowledge of the third dimension and therefore no frame of reference for even conceiving up and down. Now imagine that a three-dimensional being like myself entered into the flat world. Maybe I reach three fingers of my hand into this second-dimensional world. My hand, of course, is one single thing. But as my hand enters into the two-dimensional world, what will all these two-dimensional flat creatures experience? Won't they perceive it as three separate circles, each tip of my finger as being two-dimensional shapes, that are completely separate and distinct? As far as they can tell, they are not attached in any way. But if I, who exists in the three-dimensional space, were to explain to my two-dimensional friends that these three circles are really one hand, and if they could only get up above their two-dimensional world, they would understand how these Three circles are, the, at the exact time, one thing. Wouldn't they say, what in the world is up? Would they even have a frame of reference for making sense of a statement like this? But the three circles they clearly see as separate are, at the same time, one single thing. This line of thought is not really an analogy at all for the Trinity itself as much as it is an analogy for how the Trinity is a mystery. If God is the creator of the universe, he must exist in dimensions further beyond us. He created reality. He created the third dimension. He's beyond that. Like how the third dimension is beyond my imaginary two-dimensional world. And though there is no way for three-dimensional beings like us to conceive of how God could be three distinct persons and at the same time one single God, it is certainly not a blind leap of faith, nor is it even beyond human logic and reason to see how the nature of God has three persons. Follow this. Given the incredible differences between two-dimensional and three-dimensional worlds, how much more incredible are the differences between our three-dimensional world and the dimensions beyond our world in which God exists? We can create, as human beings, on a piece of paper, two-dimensional stick figures. Yet, if animate, these beings could never grasp our dimensions. Our nature, our being, our our personhood. Likewise, God, who is greater than humans, has created us as three-dimensional creatures. Yet, as animate as we are, we will never grasp the eternal heavenly dimension, let alone God's nature, being, or persons. Thus... The mystery. The Trinity is not a mystery to be solved. In fact, the Trinity is a mystery that will never be solved or understood by us as humans. Nevertheless, the Trinity, three persons and one God, can be known by us and loved by us and worshipped by us. And all with the goal, as we just heard in the gospel reading, all with the goal of saving us from this world, from ourselves. And when we live in this world as if there is no Trinity. So, then let me move to knowing God personally. While there's much about God that is and will remain a mystery to us, God reveals to us the essentials of his nature and relationship through revelation, through the sacred scripture. Knowing him through his revelation helps us to know how to be in a relationship with him while we dwell in our three-dimensional life, and ultimately helps us to know how to be with him forever in the heavenly dimension. For instance, God reveals that He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He reveals He is love. He reveals that we can pray to Him and worship Him. He reveals that we can be in a relationship with Him. And through this relationship with Him as Trinity, we can experience His salvation forever in heaven. So follow this. The disciples ask Jesus how to pray what happens? Jesus tells them, pray our Father who art in heaven. If we take Jesus' word and we pray to God as our Father, it is only through Jesus as fully human and by the Holy Spirit that we are made into sons and daughters of God. St. Paul teaches us this truth in Romans chapter 8. This is, this is what he says. The Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And that was through Jesus Christ. And by him, Jesus, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Thus, when we pray, the Holy Spirit actually puts the prayer of Jesus in our hearts who mediates for us as the intercessor between God and man and our great high priest, bringing our prayers to the Father and Jesus' perfect prayer. It's never us just praying to God all on our own. Whenever you hear a Christian say that, I don't, I don't need anybody else, I just pray to God on my own, That's complete falsity. Complete falsity. We pray to the Father through the Son by the Holy Spirit. We are never on our own in our prayers. The same procession happens when we worship God. We see this so clearly in the Eucharist. We, flesh and blood, human beings, we never really give God the love and worship God deserves from us. Yet, Jesus, who is fully God and fully human, pours out his sinless life as a perfect act of love and worship on our behalf. As Jesus does so, the Holy Spirit then unites our lives with Christ's life so that our worship is offered with Jesus' perfect worship to the Father, through the Son, by the Holy Spirit. This happens every time we worship at Mass our Eucharistic Lord. Okay. Some of us Christians, we may not get especially excited about the biblical teachings related to the Trinity. Maybe it's because we tend to be stopped by the mystery of the Trinity. Stop by trying to figure it out. We think the mystery, of the, in mystery, like in Sherlock Holmes sense, a mystery to be solved, a thing to be eventually figured out. No, in all humility, we must acknowledge our limitations. There are some things about God we will never understand, and that is okay. In fact, it's more than okay, because God gives us the essentials what we need to know about him, about his nature and persons. Once we know the truth about him in these essential ways, then we can know him personally. We can know him as Father, as Son, and the Holy Spirit. We can know that just as the nature of God is love, and we see this lived out across eternity and creation and the love among the three persons of the Holy Trinity, then we can connect the dots. This same God Loves me. This same God, who is the relationship of love itself, wants a relationship with me. This same God has taught me that I have a father. Taught me how to pray to this father. He intercedes for me. Sacrifices himself for me. Makes up in himself what is lacking in my own worship of him. And through his Holy Spirit, he has the power to rescue me from the time and space itself. Pull me from the grip of sin and death and lead me into the eternal life of the three persons in one God. Beautiful. All I, all you have to do is believe. You don't have to figure him out. Just believe in him. Love him. Let him love you. And love yourself and others with his love. And never stop worshipping him and following him, no matter the circumstances of your life. He is love. He is the greatest object of our love. The greatest persons who loves us and whom we love. And he is our endless love. Then we humbly orient ourselves toward this great mystery. Then, we will no longer try to solve the mystery of the Trinity, but to let the mystery solve us by saving us from ourselves.